I want, above all things, for people to believe what I say. Beliefs are so often pushed aside as being something weak. Uh, you, you believe. But if you're walking along a path, as I've often said, and you believe there's a landmine in front of you, your steps will be governed by your beliefs. Mm. If you believe it's going to blow up, you go around it. If you don't believe, you walk right onto it. So what people believe certainly does matter. And that's why Isaiah said, Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> See? Uh, every time I think of one eye being higher than the other, Isaiah. It's wrong. Um, Isaiah said, um, Oh, Lord, who has believed our report? And we so want people to believe, and anything we do can be a stumbling block, just a bad word spoken by us when we're sharing or an impatience in our heart can destroy our witness. And we don't want to do that for the sake of the person we're speaking to because their eternal destiny is dependent upon what they do with the Savior. Always define your terms, a very wise Lebanese man just said. (laughs) Fad. A fad is an object or phenomenon that has short-lived but intense popularity. Guys, honestly, I cannot, (laughs) pretty much probably, uh, I cannot, what are you two doing? We Oscar brought, Oscar brought in look, these incredible. What are they, Oscar? Pastries. Pastries. I taught one to Sue, and she's just blown. She liked it. Oh, good. Yeah, she does. She's very conservative. <laughs> she doesn't rave much. She just raved. Oh, fun! You guys seriously looked like two drug addicts <laughs> looking into a box full of a bunch of drugs. Oh boy! All right. Before I was rudely interrupted, uh, I cannot think of a decade that had more cool fads than the 1980s. Uh, Mark, you remember any of the fads from the 80s? Define define that fad for me, what you're looking for exactly. I An object or phenomenon that has short-lived but intense popularity. Almost like Ray's life almost died from coughing as he ran out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> your sin will find you out, Ray. Yeah, thanks. For what was that. going on with your throat, Ray? Oh, just a little tickle in the throat. Terrible. Like MC Hammer Pants? MC Hammer You know what? I forgot. I had a pair of those. Wait, you know what's funny? I did. No, you know what's funny is that those were ripped off of a religious group in Lebanon called the Druze. Really? Yeah. I and, thought it was copied from no, the genie. No, the funny Latin. thing is the men would wear those and they were baggy down at, at the bottom because they, they had this prophecy that one day a the man Messiah, would yeah. give birth to the Messiah. That's right. Oh, and so what? they would wear these pants in case that was them. But one thing, this is short-lived. Would you say ripped jeans, like the genius that thought, hey, let's rip jeans and sell them like really ripped <laughs> jeans. Yeah. That was a genius. It's billions of dollars. I know. A lot of people get ripped off by the stupid. That's the one that's taking my money. Yeah, it's been gone for like 20 years oh, yeah. now. So, no, break. Mark, I'm talking about fads like uh, the Cabbage Patch Dolls. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage. Remember love, Garbage Pail Kids? I love the Garbage Pail Kids. What Cabbage Patch Doll did you have, Mark? Yeah, Mark. Oh, no, I don't. I mean, I didn't have any of the ones that you had collected, Ray, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't really me. But when we talk about ripped jeans, my, my daughter, Eden, she yeah. comes out with her ripped in jeans, and I say, baby... Yeah, mommy and daddy can afford to buy you a new <laughs> pair of pants. Everything goes backwards. Your Rip. wife was wearing ripped. Oh yeah, no, she was see? not. They're yes, all getting was. cool. I, I could not believe my eyes. Hey, Rachel, my daughter. Ephesians yeah, five, right? I've got ripped jeans in the house right now. Yeah, see, Oscar's always cool with the fads. Uh, but yeah, garbage pail kids. Remember Pogs? Pogs. Wait, were those more nineties Oscar? Uh, Pogs? Early nineties, I think. I mean, yeah. I are you talking about iPogs? <laughs> Pot, well, they were just like little uh, round plastic, like a, yeah, yeah, cardboard coins. Yeah, yeah. The, before you guys was the pit rock. 
Oh, yeah, that was oh, like, yeah, those were big way back when, huh, How right? could that become big? They did those in New Zealand? Oh, yeah, it was worldwide. Rocks. <laughs> what genius thought that up? Go collect yeah. the money. Imagine rocks. Says, hey, money. Wife, my wife, I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. He's a millionaire now, though. Uh, yeah. Mark, you strike me as a kind who would have Mark had a hacky you? sack. No, I was no good at You hacky didn't do sack. hacky sack? No, I was not no. a hacky sack guy. I didn't ride a skateboard like Oscar. Yeah, that was a big um, fad, hacky sacks. I, uh, I played catch. I played football. I played sports. Right. Hey, so. um, skateboards are not a fad. Because uh, when I was uh, 12, skateboards were in, in New Zealand. And that's like hundreds of years ago. There, there are some You know what's making it come back? Rollerblades. No. I see people. Really? R- I like rollerblading. I rollerbladed a lot. Inline skates. Yeah, they yeah. were the coolest thing back in the Mid-90s. 90s. Early yeah, I, 90s. I, I, early I, I had minute, rollerblades. Yeah. Did you, Ray? Yeah, I actually put a belt around my rear end and put a... Pillow, a cushion and a pillow there. Okay. Because I thought, this is crazy. I'm in my 50s yes. and I'm going to break my back. Oh, boy. So I'd go up in our driveway with that oh, rat, right. rat Thank rammy. you for that. Because, you know, you remember you used to used to transport yourself from your home to the machine. You used to ride one of those little razors. Yes, that's the, right. The kids I, I got would it. Ride. I, Thanks for not doing the pillow and razor, uh, razors. To <laughs> so listen, when I was uh, saving money for Bible college, I didn't have a car, so I had rollerblades. So I would ride two to have three miles to work, Mimi's Cafe, where I met my wife, and I was on rollerblades, and I was really tall, and I was really skinny, and I remember... <laughs> Did you have the fluorescent shorts on? I Not yet, but just uh, about. Hold on, hang on, <laughs> buckle up. I got dropped off at work, and I had my rollerblades, but I didn't have anything to get home in other than my uniform, so I ran into TJ Maxx, and I purchased a pair of shorts, <laughs> and I threw everything inside of a bag, a garbage bag. And I rollerbladed home. And when I got home, my mom looks at me just with terror in her eyes. <laughs> and she goes, why are you wearing boxer underwear? No. <laughs> and that's what I did. I rode all the way from work <laughs> in my shorty pajamas <laughs> in public in a pair of boxers thinking that they were just shorts. Oh, you're kidding me, Mark. It was terrible. Uh, and you look like a homeless guy. I look like a homeless guy. I had a bag over my shoulder and I was really tall and skinny. That's too funny. I thank God that videos were not around YouTube. Yeah, yeah I got the photo. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, we had, remember Rubik's Cube? Oh, I love mm, it. Pogo, pogo ball? Mark, I know you but, did the, the pogo, uh, pogo stick. stick but yeah, the pogo ball, remember it was yes. the ball with the little Rubik's thing. Rubik's can't be a fan because that's still around. Yeah, there's, well, it there's came like, back, actually. It kind of, it kind of went away for a bit, but That's then it what came got me back. into editing was uh, Rubik's Cube, yeah. actually. There's, like, competitive Rubik's Cube people. Yes. It's like a thing. Oh, yeah. No, there's, they do, don't they do contests where they're blindfolded? and yeah, too. And it's it insane. But, yeah, you had, uh, you had uh, slap bracelets, jelly bracelets, oh, yeah. uh, hula hoops, cush balls, swatch, beanie babies, troll dolls, Furbies. Oh, boy. Uh, I'd say the most annoying fad of all time would would have would have had to have been the Rip. Pokemon no no <laughs> don't get me rapping right the Pokemon Go the fad. app oh I still see people playing that oh I remember once being at a park in fact Ethan was there with us back when we we lived oh uh, with their phone and they're just following around there were people yeah. like in ties and and like you know business clothes walking around their heads in the ground looking you just reminded me I need to check my Pokemon Go <laughs> yeah so is he give us a little rundown of that because I'm, I'm familiar with what you're saying but what, they used to trust, have to find treasure or something on, on their yeah, phones yeah they well it's an app and then you go to certain spots and you it's like it, it was so, augmented reality so you would look your your camera would be facing a tree and then behind the tree a pokemon would come out and you would capture it by pushing a button and then you collected 
Wow. Pokemon. Wow. How do you know so yeah. well? Yeah. Here, like, <laughs> like my days. <laughs> anyway, it was stupid. All right, friends, enough on the fads before we become a fad. Uh, this comment is from number one Disney lover. And they said, love it in the subject line and said, I have to say, these men really know how to bring light and life to a dark and lost world. They are full of knowledge and wisdom and their conversations are full of truth. I share this channel with anyone who wants to grow close to God. I love them, though they don't know me. They have been like a dad to wow. me. Wow. Uh, giving clear guidance. You're going to cry? <laughs> yeah, man. This stuff, <laughs> I feel like a baby <laughs> with all this stuff. Uh, giving clear guidance. God has really worked through them and delivered his message of salvation. We should send them a uh, podcast mug. Oh, yeah. We're getting those, friends. Merch is coming. Um, thank you, Disneyland Lover. That's thank really Thank you so sweet. much. You God know what? You. Um, Very humbling. Friends, you have no idea how much these touch us. We're, we're sitting here in this room right now. It's really faith right? That people are really listening. I mean, it's like, it just goes out into the air somehow and people are listening and we're just so touched and moved. And so please keep sending in your comments. I just realized that Easy doesn't know how the internet works. It It just goes out into the air. (laughs) Somewhere up in the air. I'm just grateful that Easy's name was not mentioned inside that one. (laughs) And he read it. I know, man. See? I I think he subliminally read it into the air. (laughs) I did. It's all about me, of course. Dear Emil, I love only you. (laughs) You and only you. All right, guys. Today we're talking about being ambassadors for Christ, being effective ambassadors for Christ. And this topic can never get old because it's who we are. It's not let's do this thing. It's let's live out who we really are in Christ. And Ray, you have almost incessantly, I think, over the course of your life, reminded people of the importance of our witness as believers. I've said this before, that a witness is not just a verb, but it's also a noun. Each of us is a witness. We don't just witness, but we witness because we are a witness. And you've always emphasized the importance of how we conduct ourselves, our testimony before unbelievers, our good works. Why has that always been such a burning passion for you? You mean sharing the gospel or living as a... Tying, tying the way that we oh, live. Oh, yeah, because people are, they're going to look at you sideways if you say I'm a Christian and you do things that Christians don't do. I want, above all things, for people to believe what I say. Beliefs are so often pushed aside as being something weak. Uh, you, you believe. But if you're walking along a path, as I've often said, and you believe there's a landmine in front of you, your steps will be governed by your beliefs. Mm. If you believe it's going to blow up, you go around it. If you don't believe, you walk right onto it. So what people believe certainly does matter. And that's why Isaiah said, Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> See? Uh, every time I think of one eye being higher than the other, Isaiah. <laughs> it's wrong. Um, Isaiah said, um, Oh, Lord, who has believed our report? And we so want people to believe. And anything we do can be a stumbling block, just a bad word spoken by us when we're sharing or an impatience in our heart can destroy our witness. And we don't want to do that for the sake of the person we're speaking to because their eternal destiny is dependent upon what they do with the Savior. Yeah. That's good. You, Ray, you, I, I, think it, I don't think it's an over-exaggeration to say that you've almost been horrified by any sort of hypocrisy being attached to your life. I mean, I've heard you say that through the years. Nothing is worse than hypocrisy. Hey, listener. 
Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, I, I can't think of any analogy to, to, yeah, but uh, hypocrisy absolutely horrifies me. If some I, people can call me all sorts of things: ugly, short, stumpy, stumpy. <laughs> yeah, stumpy, that's Smelly. fine. Doesn't worry me Smelly. at all. Smelly. Smelly. Yeah, yeah, uh, anything feet, like that. Your shoes are. You buy a Disney <laughs> store. Yeah, I yeah. mean, no, where they sell toys. Oh no, Wheezy's <laughs> manifesting. <laughs> say what you want, but don't you know? Say what you will, but don't say I'm a hypocrite because that that would just destroy me if that was true. Yeah, and praise God. I mean, I I have a wife who is your daughter, who testifies to the fact that you, you lived what you preach. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, Oscar, you're a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Sorry about that, guys. It's true, though. Um, you know, I was just thinking about, I used to work with this guy named uh, Brock. You used to work with this guy? This guy named Brock. And uh, he was a professional bodybuilder on the side. He had won a couple of awards. And I mean, this guy walked into the room and it was clear that he was a professional bodybuilder. One he of had, us. He had one of us, Mark and I. Uh, he had muscles that, like, I don't think regular human <laughs> beings have. Like, he just had muscles everywhere. And everything that he did, his his gym routine, the things that he ate, everything was committed to these competitions that he was winning. And so we worked in the financial industry. And I remember every time I walked in, we were friends. Every time I walked into the lunchroom where he was, people would be asking about what they should eat, about what they should work out. We would go hang out somewhere and people would just come up to him. And like, it was a constant, Brock was your go-to for nutritional ideas and mm. workout ideas, Because right? it was build. Because, yeah, because his I find whole, the same thing. <laughs> of course you do. Because his, it's clear that he was committed and passionate about this thing. Likewise, our Christian lives should gravitate people towards us ready to hear the gospel. And, and notice that we're not saying the old phrase, you know, preach the gospel, use words as ne- if necessary. No, words are absolutely, utterly necessary to preach the gospel. What we're saying is that we shouldn't overlook our character yeah. while we're preaching the gospel. Let me qualify what I said. People come up and say, what do you eat? So they can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, th- this is all interrelated to Second Corinthians five twenty, which says, "Now right. then, we are ambassadors for Christ." Mm-hmm. Uh, that is who we are. In fact, we're as much ambassadors for Christ as we are human beings. If we were born a human father or mother, if we have been born again into Christ, we are automatically as ambassadors. The question is, is what kind are we? And you know, guys, the thing that really blows my mind is the fact that knowing who God is, uh, that He would call us to be his ambassadors. I mean, let's just think about what scripture says about who God is. Listen, he's the alpha and omega, 
the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the rock of ages, the bright and morning star, the ancient of days, the bread of life, the everlasting father, the great I am, the prince of peace. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords before every knee will bow and every tongue confess. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah who will return to this earth in power and in judgment. I mean, you think of, of Revelation 1, 14 through 17, it says his head and hair, speaking of the glorified Christ, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. <laughs> then he has called us to be his ambassadors. Mind-blowing. Especially when you remember who we are. Right. Weak, fallen, impure, sinful, finite, easily deceived, prone to error, and filled with all manner of filthiness and, and, and our mortal nature. I mean, it, it's crazy that this awesome, infinite God who spans the universe with his hand would call us to be his ambassador. I think we just decided that's gonna be on your tombstone. <laughs> Put it on, brother. And, <laughs> and a lot he's worse entrusted us with the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Entrusted us. You know, I looked up the definition for ambassador and I found an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Right, if we could remember that this isn't our home that we are passing through. Yeah. In exile. Uh, in exile, when things come our way, we could handle them a little bit easier. You know, we, we don't have to be right first, tops, recognized, regarded, or rewarded, right? We can be focused because our mission is singular, and that is to bring glory to Christ, to know Him and to make Him known. So what are some traits of a faithful ambassador? What is it that an ambassador will do to represent the kingdom well? That's what a good question. Mm. I'd like to say, I think the number one would, would it not be discretion? Mm. Uh, an ambassador could start a war with his words. Yeah. Just get up and say, I represent this country. What do you mean by that? Yeah. That's <laughs> just, even with a misunderstanding. So I think an ambassador has to be incredibly wise with his words and exercise that very distinct uh, virtue of uh, having discretion. Easy, what would you say discretion is? <sighs> I, I would say discretion would be the ability to know when or when not to say or to do certain things. Yeah, I mean, and, that's exactly right. I think it's the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense. <laughs> wow. Mark, you Mark. Just, how would you say right that in German? You are a dictionary. Yeah, say oh, it in German, please, Mark. Please. I mean, the second way I would German define it Mark. is the freedom to decide what should be done in a particular situation. <laughs> say I mean, it in German, Mark. Say it in German. It's such a good stuff. 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 <laughs> we apologize. We apologize. Yeah, don't hate us, German friends. Can I just tell you guys a Wiener Schnitzel story real quick? Yeah, One time, Mark and I were leaving lunch. We just ate lunch, 
And we drive by a wiener schnitzel and Marco's, oh, that sounds good. And he pulls order over and orders a chili cheese dog for dessert. Oh, oh. I love wiener schnitzel. I made a vow and I have kept it thus far that I will never eat wiener schnitzel. Are you again. serious? I ate it in a certain place. Well, it's not like a real vow, but kind of in my yeah, heart. Don't be legalistic <laughs> about it. So, Mark, you've been into these oh, I had the wrong for years. I, oh, I so love wiener I don't know anybody else that really loves it as much as I do. I, I, I really enjoy wiener schnitzel, actually, but I don't know anybody who thinks of it chili cheese dog for dessert is that what it is it's true. you know I've what never, i can't I've, there's one around the corner but i've never been there chili Don't cheese go, dogs oh. what i can't get out of my mind was when i the last time i ate wiener schnitzel was when i bit down there was a chunk of bone in my hot dog i get that all the time you just Ooh. spit it out <laughs> seriously just spit it out and move on i will come home with dinner for the family the grinder must have been dull that day yeah <laughs> that, it reminds me of what a hot dog is a bunch of pieces of oh, a cow stop. you're making my mouth water listen <laughs> I was on my way home. For, it's very common for oh. me on my way home with dinner in the bag <laughs> as I roll by a wiener schnitzel to just jump in really quick and eat two chili cheese dogs with extra chili. Do you feel convicted about that oh, wickedness? No, I love it. So I thank God. Every, it's almost as bad as Oscar's coffee. It is, the, it is one of the few items that every single bite I thank God for. Every <laughs> single bite that I take the yeah, bite. The warmth of the bread is pretty incredible. Oh, it's so good. Is you remember what, and Mark, we're at uh, filming, uh, I think, New Jersey, uh, and the New fire Jersey. and a fire station, and they gave us firefighters chili. Do you remember oh, that? I wasn't there. Oh, for that one. Uh, That's always that when you and Kirk you did the uh, in front of the fire engine. We, f- I got to slide down a pole. I think I did. Yeah, a fireman's <laughs> pole. But they did. They served us up genuine fireman's. That would have been cool. I hate it. Great. I hate chili of all kinds, except for wiener schnitzel chili. No, I love, I'm not kidding. I Do you know they chili. sell the can now? Yes, I buy it by the can. <laughs> I love chili cheese dogs, but but get one of those like uh, the the all Hebrew whatever, like all oh, real meat. Stop like, it! You're ruining you... it. Whatever. So uh, you're gonna segue back into? Yeah, I got you right here. <laughs> Look at what bad bad ambassadors yeah, were being. That was my fault. Sorry, yeah. guys, for mentioning the chili dogs. Here, here's something that I think is important: is to recognize that the ultimate work of evangelism has actually very little to do with our power to transform lives. Mm. I like to think of it as like when we are ambassadors proclaiming the gospel, we are like children going to work with our father, Mm. right? Like if you think about if your father was a construction worker and he's building a building and you go to work as a kid, you get your little toy plastic hammer and sure, dad's gonna let you pretend like you're knocking on the nails and maybe in your little brain, you think I'm building a house. But ultimately who's building the house? Your father is building that house and the blessing that he allows us to go to work with him to participate in some way is more about more about God wanting you to be faithful, yeah. to be like him, to mm. be for what he is building. And so I think to recognize at all times that I am not leading anybody to Christ. Mm. If that happens, the po- power of the Holy Spirit, I'm simply going to work with my father with my little baby plastic oh, hammer. Well, that's a great analogy. Uh, it's really good. And you know, Ray, you, you asked what, what discretion is. I think actually Oscar gave us a good example of that. And and I think our last podcast where he talked about going into that coffee shop mm. and it was taking a long time, but he looked and he saw that young lady behind the counter and he, and he began to realize, man, she's having, she's in pain and reminded him of her, his sister. And so then he conducted himself in such a way. The sense was, let me react like this, but he didn't. It's crazy how you could be on your game like 99.99% of the time with people, but that one time, when you when you lost it or you said something or you did something and look we we can't be gentle with ourselves 
in this regard. We can be gentle on the other side of failing, <laughs> remembering God's grace and walking in it and receiving his forgiveness. But we need to really be very severe with ourselves when it comes to walking in self-control, when we tie that to our witness. I lost it in Cerritos College about a year ago. I was witnessing to two girls who were listening to the gospel. A teacher came up and she broke us up. Hmm. She said, don't listen to that guy. No. And those, the two people I was witnessing to walked off and I turned to that lady and I said, this is my first amendment right. And I was angry. Yeah. And uh, I actually found out who she was and sent her a gift basket, an apology for losing <laughs> it. And when I say I lost, I lost her, I didn't really lose her. I just felt in my heart, I was really angry that she had destroyed that witnessing session. Yeah. But you're right. We've got to be severe on ourselves. We do something wrong for our witness sake, try and fix it as, as quickly as you can. We have to remember that you know, as I think MacArthur said, we're, we're the only Bible that some people will ever read. And um, and and w w what is our testimony of Christ? I've talked about it before in the program. I, I blew it once. Mark was there. He was witnesses. It was twenty. Please tell years the story with the with the uh, what did you say? Tell the story with the uh, truck the tow truck driver. Yeah, where you know this guy came to take a car out from a men's school ministry house that we had and it had died, and he came and I, I go, hey, how you doing? And he just goes, I'm not moving that thing. And all, the old man just came up to the service. I said, hey, you have a problem? And I mean, I just like, I mean, you remember, Mark, I mean, we refer to it to this day. We say, oh, don't have a tow truck, <laughs> no, no, tow truck driver. So did you, you came outside yourself and listened to yourself say that? Was yeah, that like after like? I said it, I'm like, what did I do? And the guy kind of backed down, but I'm like, oh, that was so, I, my biggest weakness is rude people. Like, especially when, Whatever, anyway, be, so. especially when you're trying to be nice to them, mm. you know, hey, how are you today? You know, but you look back on that. Okay. I show my frustration. I'm upset. It's scratching an itch. This guy evidently didn't know Christ. Like what's more important, airing my frustration or. And or, he could have run over his foot with his truck just before you spoke to him. <laughs> Tow truck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. What are some common huge. mistakes that you see amongst people who are out there for evangelism, but maybe forget that they're also ambassadors? What are, what are things oh, that you man. see? I see it all the time. Uh, angry, sarcastic, demeaning, self-righteous. Oh, it, it grieves me to know, Andre, you, you, you've seen it a lot. It makes you want to hide. You yeah. can find them on YouTube. Just put angry preacher in and up it comes. I, I think the best way to put it, Oscar, is everything from that preacher is screaming. I, I don't care about you one bit. Mm -hmm. I'm just out here to exercise my my religious obligation mm -hmm. for me, not the Lord, not you for me. That's what that screams. We need to be careful because it, you don't have to be on a soapbox to do that. Just the way we go through life. We are ambassadors of the living God. We are his representatives wherever we go, whether we declare it or not. Are we being the salt and light we're yeah. called to be? Do you guys say good morning to strangers? I like to, yeah. Yeah, it's a great thing to do. And if they find out you're a Christian or you can somehow say that or even a little God bless you one morning to someone you've been saying good morning to, yeah. it can be a witness. It's actually a great way to get back into sharing the gospel. If you haven't shared the gospel for a while, go to grocery stores just to be friendly to people, to say hi to people. And before you know it, you're reaching into your pocket with a gospel track and uh, sharing. You know, something I learned from my pastor is he always asks his servers at restaurants their names, and then he uses their names with intentionality, yeah. mm, and it yeah. like changes. And the other day, Miguel, Eddie, and I were at this restaurant over here. Now the guys are pointing. I pointed, <laughs> and now everyone's looking. We're at this restaurant, and and did the same thing. He asked her name, and then I just, for whatever reason, uh, turned to her and I said. 
actually, I learned this from a listener. Uh, I turned to her and I said, uh, hey, we're about to pray for our meal. Yeah. Is there anything that we can pray for you for? And she started to get teary-eyed. Wow. She had just lost her little brother and her mom was struggling with depression and starts sharing all this stuff with us, yeah. you know? And so we got to pray for her. And then we handed her a tract at the end of our meal. And mm. I can't help but wonder if that tract hits differently because we as a group of individuals were being gracious towards totally. her. Definitely. Where that, were you? Yeah. Where, was it Wiener Schnitzel? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> no. So how do you guys remember names? Sometimes... Write I, it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you how, Steve. So what I do is... <laughs> I have I have a notes uh, notes page. You ever use notes, Yes, Ray? I do all the time. Oh, I have a list on there. And when I new, meet new people, oftentimes I'll put their names on there. Neighbors, friends, people at restaurants, servers. Do you put a little description of them? Yeah. A lot of times I will, yeah. Short, bald, and, weird uh, looking. And I'm I'm telling you, it, it has been, it's been, it's been a huge, I think, demonstration of care for people. Oh, yes. And after you, you know, you look at it again, you remember, or before you go into a place, you remember, and it just helps you to connect with it's, people. It means so much more than when you're riding past and you call a high thing to your neighbor. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> bro. Yeah, that's what Christians typically do. Hey, brother. <laughs> we don't know someone's name. But look, Guilty. the American Heritage Dictionary defined representative like this. It says, one that serves as a delegate or agent for another. One that serves- you saying ambassador or representative? Representative. Okay. One, and which is what an ambassador is. Right. One that serves as an example or type for others of the same classification. Wow. So we have to remember too that we're not just representing the Lord, we're representing those who represent the Lord. Mm, yeah. And oftentimes people will form a perspective on Christians from one Christian that they've met or experienced. Mm. Well, and how many times have we said, boy, I, I'm not with him. <laughs> you know? Every, Every time, time we go to lunch. Yeah. Like uh, in Huntington Beach, you see this, people you, holding signs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, we try to distance ourselves very quickly from people who claim the name of Christ, yeah. but their behavior... Yeah. And again, as a as a disclaimer, we're not saying that the, the use of signs is right. sinful yeah, yeah, convictions, yeah, yeah. but it's those that have that attitude attached with it. And we're it. not it's, saying ugly people are sinful either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, because here's the thing, you know, here's our witness, thing? here's a thing? thing. What is the thing? One more our, thing. Our witness extends in its impact in so many ways. You, you guys remember the Satanist that we had interviewed. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. We, we've mentioned it before on the podcast. Jack was his name. And I, I'm the one that Ray had research him and find him and correspond with him. But he said something interesting to me in the letter. He said this, he said, this was in an email. He said, my job as an said, agent- Could you just give us a little background? This is for our television program. He's yeah. a Satanist. We got him over here. And this is what, 15 years ago? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Maybe more. He says, he said to me in, in an email, he said, my job as an agent for the church of Satan is to try to ensure that Satanism is represented accurately to the public. I mean, this is a Satanist yeah. having more of an understanding of the importance of representation than, than sometimes Christians do. Oh, wow. And he went on, he said, I just need to know if I'm going to be treated respectfully as a representative of an organization, and then in parentheses, Church of Satan. It's so weird, I'm reading this. Like, and do you remember dirty. what we did with him? We just loved on him, and oh, we gave yeah. him a good size honorarium, which he didn't expect. And, yeah, well, and, we, we mentioned on the podcast before, yeah. he almost killed him because of the butterfly, right, the butterfly inside, the, inside the envelope that jumped out at him. But but it's huge. So I, I here's a testimonial. I want you guys to to get a glimpse into people's perspective on how some represent even themselves. 
said, I'm really annoyed. What was supposed to be a relaxing dinner between a couple of good friends turned into a rush, eat and run for your life disaster. Bear with me for a moment while I get this out of my system. Last night, a good friend and I decided to head out for a nice quiet dinner at a popular local restaurant because it was a Wednesday evening. The restaurant was fairly empty. We were shown our table by a polite hostess and were sitting enjoying the atmosphere when she arrived our waitress. She flew by our table at 125 miles per hour, tossing our menus at us without so much as a glance or a hello. My friend and I were a little put off, but we figured that there must be some good reason for her rude behavior. Maybe there was a fire in the kitchen. Maybe she kindly figured she would give us our menus before she put it out. My friend and I were chatting when she darted up to our table again. This time she stopped. Without any kind of greeting, she briskly requested our drink orders. As she turned to leave, I asked my friend if she was ready to order. The waitress paused as she heard this, decided without asking that she wouldn't, we sh- couldn't be ready to order yet, rolled her eyes in annoyance and rushed away. When she finally graced us with her presence again, our drinks were sloppily shoved across the table and our orders demanded without any of the usual niceties. We were afraid to ask her for the specials. We were right to be afraid. She blasted by our table yet again, never once looking our way as she threw our knives and forks at us. I'm sure you get the picture. While the food was good, it was hard to really enjoy the meal. The waitress had completely ruined the experience for us because of her poor customer service. At the end of the meal, she did pause to smile and ask us if we'd enjoyed our food, but by then it was too little too late. We will never eat in that restaurant again. That waitress broke every rule in the customer service handbook and then some, and unfortunately, while the food was good, her behavior and attitude reflected poorly on the entire establishment. Wow. Mm. You know what I'd be doing on something like that? Looking around for the candid camera. <laughs> really, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd imagine. But, but the key on that, and the reason why I wanted to read it, it was a real testimonial, is because, again, that manager could have been great. The rest of the staff could have been wonderful. But her behavior reflected on the entire place. Right. And I'd like to know the size of the tip they left her. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Two you cents. know, I've heard uh, Timothy Keller put it like this. He says, we cannot mistake our giftings with the increase of fruitfulness. Mm. And if you think about it, I think that's that's so true because some of, you know, it's it's so tempting having the truth and being well studied. I mean, we, you know, I've met guys who are like really Bible smart. They know their doctrine, they're well spoken, they're informed, they can hold their own, but then they become pompous and prideful and needing to be right and self-important and domineering and you'll hear them be like, "Oh, I can't wait to put that person in their place or like, oh, I lost all respect for that person. And, you know, the way that they talk about things and it's like, man, this guy is a lot of head smart, but he's lost track of growing in the fruits of the spirit. Mm. Are you growing in love and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness? Because if you're strengthening your gifts Mm. at the cost of your fruitfulness, that you're not, then you are not growing to be more like your savior. And we cannot lose track of the fruit of the spirit in our lives. One of the things that I feel most convicted about often is when I realize that I've been forgetting to pray about virtues like humility and meekness and love and contentedness, because I think we just kind of go through life and we forget how important it is to exude those to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even the world, being a good ambassador is important to the world. We see this with sports teams all the time. You have bad yeah. behavior, not illegal. 
uh, behavior, but just bad behavior. You're kicked off the team or you're traded. You became a liability. When I played football in high school, my high school football coach said, if you are drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes, you will be kicked off the team. Secular school. Wow. If you're with somebody who is drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes, you will be kicked off the team. Guilt by association, right? Well, it cleaned me up. Right, yeah. and I mean, I've never smoked a cigarette, but that put fear mm-hmm. inside of me to if not want to do If you watch an advertisement with cigarettes in it, you're kicked <laughs> off the <laughs> If you know how to spell the word cigarette. <laughs> you know, listen to this testimonial as a contrast. This is, this is shorter than the other one. I'm writing to you to call attention to the outstanding service provided by one of your representatives, Reina, of customer service. Her courtesy, cooperation, and efficiency are a credit to your organization. Her handling of the problems encountered with my order and her attentiveness and caring concern not only preserved the sale and ensured a well-satisfied customer, but also established your company's reputation, both with me and those to whom I come in contact with. In over 19 years of mail order shopping with... About to cry. That's so oh, stupid. You're I'm just gonna say that. This is a, oh. in, in over 19 years of mail order shopping with many companies, her handling stands out as among the finest and the finest in customer service support. Since it is my firm belief that outstanding performance should be noted in writing rather than only writing when there is a problem or complaint, I have taken this opportunity to write to you to note her excellent work on behalf of your company on her permanent record, and would hope that a copy of this be made uh, be may be placed and inserted in her permanent personal file. Oh man, that moves me. We actually recently had someone uh, call up and I think they called her, they wrote her letter about one of our CSRs and raved. No, they left a voicemail, raved about how extraordinary that they were. And that uh, blessed me so much. Mail order shopping. That was really sweet. I don't know if you should be talking about people ordering mails online. <laughs> mail order brides. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's huge. Uh, our witness. Do you guys remember the JCPenney quote I shared a few months ago about being a representative of the JCPenney company? It was just a wonderful quote. I can't find it, but it was exactly what you were saying. And I just saw that JCPenney, what the C stood for in its name. Do you know what it was? What? Cash. <laughs> really? really? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, guys, what are what are some of the areas that... Mark fails in this? Well, we know Mark <laughs> fails in all of this. What are some of the areas that you would say believers need to be most thoughtful about that we could most easily blow our witness with as we go through life? Well, you know, we must remember that everybody is a work in progress. Yeah. Take it a step further. When we hear about pastors failing, we, we have to remember that, but by God's grace, there go us. That uh, when Jesus the night before he was betrayed and he had a dinner with the apostles. He says, one of you are going to betray me. They didn't all point their finger at Judas, the one with the crooked nose, the one with the lisp, the one with the monobrow who walks bow-legged. It's got to be him, right? No. They, they said, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? We, we, we must remember that any of us are capable of doing heinous things at any given moment, that we have to uh, be on our guard and everybody be in a work in progress. We can be patient with people, especially non-Christians. We can be patient with them. Hurry up. We're saying... (laughs) um, (laughs) That was good. Wheezy snorter today. (laughs) That was good. Um, Telling a blind man to watch where he's walking. Yeah. We go off on non-Christians because they have bad behavior 
what, what else do you expect? I mean, there's rooms and, and places where we can speak up and say something. Comfort, why is it that I have this urge to just slap you? <laughs> like when you were little. When is it, I don't want to open old wounds. Is it his face? Anyway, I found, I found James Cash Penny's quote. Well, oh, it's brother. Kind of James similar. Cash. Squirrel. That's his name, J.C. Penny, James Cash Penny. Squirrel. Isn't that funny? The yeah. golden rule finds no limit of application in business. Mm. Isn't that I good? think, wow, that's pretty good. No, um, no you, just, you just want to say what you want to say. It's worthy of contemplation. The golden rule finds no limit in application of business. Treat others as you'd like them to treat you. You can't go wrong in your business. Amen. Okay, Oscar. I think on top of, we've been talking a lot about character, the fruits of the spirit we've, we've mentioned. I think another thing is our desire to serve the needs of the people around them. Yes. You know, you look at the local church for the first 300 years, they were despised for their views on sexuality, which was antithetical to the Greco-Roman views of sexuality. They were looked down upon for their high regard for, for God's word, the scripture. They were disrespected for their views on abortion and infanticide back in those days. And yet people couldn't help but wonder and gravitate towards the early church because of how on mission it was to serve the needs of the people around it, whether it was paying for funerals for people who couldn't afford them, whether it was taking care of the sick or feeding the hungry. And so a part of our, our the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, it's also our desire, our willingness, the joy that we get when we simply serve the needs of the people around us, we become that ambassador for Christ. Yeah, that's so key, remembering that Christ left us an example of what we should do for one another as believers. It really starts with the representation of the church to the world and its love within itself. So Christians washing each other's feet in a in a sense. Are you, you offering? Know? Uh, not yours. <laughs> Christians hosing each other's <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> Power washing. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like with us serving each other, we first of all give each other an example of service in general, but then we end up getting that desire to serve the world as well. And scripture talks about to do good, do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Mm. And and when it begins with the household of faith, it'll flow out to mm. the world, you know? Right. So yeah, it's extremely key to recognize that. And I want to read something that I've, I've read before, um, but I want to read it again because it's fitting with what we're talking about. Okay, we'll is, be back soon. Yeah, see y'all later. <laughs> uh, this is a letter that Mark Spence got from his manager. Oh, this is wonderful. When he worked years ago at the Back Bay a restaurant, a busboy, Mark? I was a busboy. Yeah. So this is his, his boss. And he said, managing young people is my profession. It's fun, exciting, and always a puzzle. Of the 19 years at Back Bay and the other six in various restaurants, I'm very confident in sharing that I have never, ever had such an outstanding employee. You, Mark, are sensational. You're witty, sharp, and a delight to be around, work with, and just converse to. It's been a pleasure to know you and learn from, from you. You are a compassionate, gifted young man with a huge future. Stay focused and keep working at what you love. If at any time you need help or just want to talk, please call. It would be an honor to be your friend and coach. Thank you for making me look good and back bay so successful. As you leave, I give you a piece of me. I love you, Mark, your friend, Donnie. Wow. wow. That was Mark Spence? 
This is Mark. Mark, you, you shared this with me like ages ago. In fact, July 98 is a date. July 98. Easy, I have a confession. I wrote that. No. <laughs> I was just about to say, I can't help but notice it's written in Can your you writing. Can you imagine if it came out one day? Mark time. made this up. <laughs> I, I, I have to share this if I can, unless somebody else has something to say about okay, that. No. Listen, I don't know if this is true or not, but I love it. It's the story about Alexander the Great. Yeah. Uh, maybe you guys are familiar with it. Alexander the Great, one of the greatest uh, military generals who's ever lived, conquered almost the entire known world with his vast army. And one night during a campaign, he couldn't sleep, so he left his tent to walk around the campgrounds. And as he was walking around, he came across a soldier asleep on guard duty, which was obviously a serious offense. And the penalty for falling asleep on guard duty was in some cases, instant death. And the commanding officer sometimes poured kerosene on the sleeping soldier and lit it. The soldier began to wake up as Alexander the Great approached him and recognizing who was standing in front of him, the young man feared for his life. Do you know what the penalty is for falling asleep on guard duty? Alexander the Great asked the soldier. Yes, sir, the soldier responded in a quivering voice. Soldier, what is your name? Demanded Alexander the Great. Uh, My name is Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great repeated the question. What is your name? My name is Alexander, sir, the soldier repeated. A third time and more loudly, Alexander the Great asked, what is your name? A third time, the soldier meekly said, my name is Alexander, sir. Alexander the Great then looked the young soldier straight in the eye and he said, Soldier, either change your name or change your conduct. <laughs> wow. Right? We, we represent someone greater than Alexander the Great. And I don't know if mm. you still have it memorized. Philip Schaff had said, I'd love for you to, to share it when talking about uh, Jesus Christ and who he is. But this is the one who we represent, we represent one greater than You know, I just got to butt in here and say that sort of story terrifies me because I felt the power of sleep many times and you've got no control over it when you're Mm. deadly tired. The apostles. Your brain turns off before you, it's got nothing to do with your will. You guys experience that? You're sitting watching a TV program and suddenly it's over. It's an hour and a half later, your wife says you sleep with your mouth open, dear. (laughs) You know, it's just you think, I didn't even feel it. So I feel for these soldiers that gave their lives because they went to sleep. I'm fighting sleep right now. Yeah. (laughs) Let me end with that quote by Schaff, Philip Schaff, if I can remember it. He said, this Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Muhammad, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, he shed more light on things human and divine than all scholars and philosophers combined. Without the eloquence of schools, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since, and produced effects which lie beyond the reach of orator or poet. Without writing a single line, he set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, orations, discussions, learned volumes, works of art, and songs of praise than the whole army of great men of ancient and modern times. And that is, my friends, the one that we represent. And I've just got to say, I didn't hear a word you're saying. I'm just amazed at your memory. <laughs> I'm glad it, it worked. I didn't know if I'd remember it. So good. But, but let's remember that we represent the God of the universe. That should do two things. It should both sober us and make us realize the seriousness of our calling, and it should also cause us to feel extremely honored that God would call us these microscopic beings to represent Him. May you remember that you can only do it in the power of His Spirit and by His grace. So seek Him with all your heart. Fall more madly and passionately in love with Him because it's when you're in His presence and, and, and His character is being impressed on you that you're going to represent Him well. 
So there you have it, friends. Thanks for joining us. And oh, make sure to check out the starter kit. That's uh, one of your favorite rays. Rays? Ray? <laughs> Ray has multiplied. That's <laughs> what happens Ray's. when you do three podcasts yeah. in a row. The brain doesn't work properly. Yeah, so it's got the Million Dollar Bill, the Good Person comic, 101 of the World's Funniest One-Liners, and the Ten Commandment coins. It's all in this one really cool box, the starter kit. Check it out at livingwaters.com. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to give us comments and all that other good stuff. Podcast at livingwaters.com for thoughts and suggestions. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters Podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.